When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? We got some new stock in I want to tell you guys about. If you go to Hostile.com and you check out our new releases section, these are some of my favorite pieces. We have the new Ethos hoodie, which is a lightweight hoodie. We have it in different colors, black, khaki, brown, and dark moss, which is really kind of like a military green. And then if you go back, we have another one of my, this is probably my absolute favorite, which is kind of a lightweight thermal. It is a little bit baggier than normal. So if you want it, not so baggy size down on it, but we have black, athletic heather gray, forest green, steel blue, and flat red. Hostile.com, check new drops. Also next week, we have more blue shark gummy in stock and bloodshot is coming back soon too. Sorry guys for the delay. We've had such a massive increase in demand for hostile that we had to kind of revamp things and we're going to be all caught up and things will not be out of stock uh, for so long ever again. Thank you guys for the support and on to the show. What's going on guys, the real bodybuilding podcast. And I have not done a single Q and a in a long time. I've always been, I've been doing the group podcast for a long time. I haven't really done a lot of one-on-ones either, but I think I want to start getting back to it. Uh, I kind of miss doing the one-on-ones, just digging into some of the real uh, personalities of the sport, some of the science of the sport, some of the coaches in the sport. Uh, but for today, uh, Ian's away this week, and I want to give Paul and and Mike a break from me. <laughs> um, but I thought I would do a solo Q&A because I haven't done anything like this on my channel in a while, and I thought maybe you guys had some questions for me that I could clear up and uh, answer for you guys. So you know what? Without wasting any time, I am going to get into it. So I'm on my Instagram uh, and I'm going to go through some of these questions. And the first one, of course, is about Guy. The question is, are you still cool with Guy? Guy seems as loyal as they come. Me and Guy are fine. Guy's a great guy. Guy's a great guy. Uh, he sent me a message just the other day. I responded. We're fine. We're just not going to do podcasts together anymore because it just got kind of uh, convoluted. A lot of things happened after he left my podcast. A lot of things were said. Um, that I wasn't very fond of. And um, look, we're fine. If I see him at the Arnold's, I'll shake his hand and give him a hug. Uh, but I enjoy doing the podcast with the guys I'm doing it with. I'm doing it with uh, Mike, Paul, and Ian. And we've all become very close. We hang out all the time. And um, that's really it. But there's no personal issues. Guy's doing well. He's got his uh, Kratom company. He's got his podcast. I see him on other podcasts all the time. So he's doing great. I just uh, I just don't think, you know, we'll be doing any podcasts anytime soon. So I really wish you guys would stop asking. You know, some things, some things are just, they are what they are. And 
that's where we have to leave it. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bridge. I don't want to rehash old wounds. I really would just like to leave things where they are. So I'm going to ignore this question in the future from now on, because like I said, some things that are personal, just stay personal. Uh, next question, not a question, but a big thank you for the podcast since 2019. Thank you, Ginger Training. I appreciate it. Um, are you happy being done competing? Yes. Uh, it's taken me a long time. I think the first few years of being retired was very difficult for me. Uh, not because I wanted to go back. I just didn't really know how to focus my energy the way I did in bodybuilding. And recently, uh, with MMA being something I really want to get into or Brazilian jiu-jitsu at least, um, and really focusing on the business of being at work. It's funny, you know, the bigger the brand gets, the more work I'm putting in, obviously. So, you know, I'm at work eight to 10 hours a day, uh, putting in time, making sure the company is doing, uh, things are going the way they should be. And I've been really enjoying it. I've been enjoying the second chapter of my life. The first chapter being bodybuilding and, uh, now moving on to a different role in business. It comes with its up and ups and downs, but so did bodybuilding. There's never going to be anything that's worth doing. That's easy. So, uh, yeah, I really am enjoying uh, my time now, but it took me some time to get through the rough patch of actually retiring from the sport. Next question is from Dylan Neal. You met Fuad at age 8, 16, 22, 30 years old. What is the one thing you would say to each of them? Well, don't be afraid of people. Be yourself and put yourself out there more. Now, to explain that a little bit, most of you who've been watching the podcast for a while know I dealt with social anxiety most of my life. And that's kind of what I meant by don't be afraid of people. I can remember from my earliest age kind of shying away from people instead of just introducing myself and smiling and saying, hi, how are you doing? And it's always left other people wondering what kind of person I am. Most people, after they meet me for a little while, are like, oh, I didn't realize you were a nice person. You you look like an asshole. <laughs> so, so that's kind of my fault for being kind of a quieter person when I'm in public. I really just stay to my circle of friends and I don't, uh, I'm not a social butterfly for lack of a better word. So I probably would tell myself at all of those ages, uh, I think my life has turned out pretty good. So I'm pretty happy with the way I chose to do things, but I would have been more, I would have been less fearful socially which I think would have made my life even more fulfilling than it already is. So that's a, that's a tough one to overcome for anybody dealing with it. So it's not as easy as saying I would be less fearful. It takes a lot of uh, work, but knowing that now I would have done that work when I was younger uh, in either talking to somebody or, or something that could have helped me. Um, next question is from Miles Mann. What advice would you give to a first year Pro specifically, what mindset advice would you give going into the IFBB? Um, this has two schools of thought. Okay, one school of thought is, which is the, the approach I took. Which is, I don't think either one is right or wrong. My approach was, you only get one chance to make a first impression. So I don't want to do a massive show first. Like I wouldn't do an Arnold Classic as my first show because. You're going against the best in the world right off the right off the hop. You're probably not going to be in the top six, probably not going to be in the top 10, unless you're a phenom of some sort. So my approach was 
jump into the Montreal Pro. It's a small show. It's kind of local. Try and get seen, which worked. I ended up at fifth place in my first show. Um, I beat some guys that were pretty notable at the time. And um, that's one way I like to approach it is make sure you get noticed. So your mindset has to be, there is no plan B. I'm going all in on this thing. And I want to make sure I give myself enough time to look the way I need to look and pick a show where I'm going to get noticed and I'm not going to get lost in the crowd. Uh, the second the second way to look at it is the other way, which is I am going to do the Arnold Classic. I'm going to try and get an invite or I'm going to do the New York Pro or some deeper lineup so that I can stand with the absolute best and see where I stack up. Problem with that is if you don't stack up well or if you're not absolutely sure of how your body looks and where you're going to be, you get lost in the shuffle. And now you're playing, a, you're fighting a game to get back into that top five ranking. It's just the way my mind works. I believe that when the judges see you the first time, it gives them a real impression of where you're going to end up. And that doesn't mean you can't overcome it. It just means that I want to give myself the best chance of being noticed at the very first show I, I, I do. So as far as mindset and training, when you're a pro, you have to think that every other pro on earth is is doing whatever they can to beat you. And whatever anybody says is bullshit about, oh, I don't want to beat this guy. I don't want to beat that guy. I just want to beat myself. Bullshit. Everybody wants to beat everybody. And everybody wants to earn money. And everybody wants to make a living. Everybody wants a big contract. And nobody is out there for fun alone. It is a career. It is competitive. You want to be the best. Even if it's not for money, you want to be the best. You want to beat everybody. So you have to imagine that when you're training, everything has to be very consistent and you have to be giving it a no plan B type of mentality if you're really going to make your way through this sport and, and make a living and make a career and excel through the ranks. Uh, where would you put peak Kai green in the Olympia 23 lineup? Well, this is kind of a bad question to ask me because I am biased towards Kai. I think he's a, an amazing bodybuilder. I would say if prime Kai green was at the Olympia last year, he would have won. And if you think about it, the only person to ever beat Kai green consistently was Phil Heath, who some people regard as the best bodybuilder ever. And some people regard as the second best bodybuilder ever. So, you know, Kai Green's in pretty amazing company. Um, at Kai Green's absolute best, like Sheru Classic Kai Green, I'm pretty sure he wins last year's Olympia. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What was your biggest setback during your competing days? What did you do to improve and come back better from it? Uh, the biggest setback I had was overthinking each show. So in my earlier, earlier years, like 25 to 30, 25 to 33, maybe every show was monumental. Every show I did, I was a fucking nervous wreck. My anxiety would get to me. Uh, Hani can attest to this. I worked with Hani for a couple of years through it. Uh, Paul can attest to this. He was with me at most shows. Uh, Chad Nichols can attest to this. He was with me for a couple of years through it. And I just, I put way too much pressure on myself and didn't understand that sometimes less is more. So for example, if I was eating, instead of eating a cup of rice, I would eat three quarters cup of rice. Cause I'm like, Hey, if I eat less, I'll get shredded faster. 
Or if I had to do 45 minutes of cardio, I would do 50 because I'm like, if I do the extra five minutes, I'll get harder and I'll get sh more shredded on stage. The problem with that is, number one, if you're not telling your coach, he doesn't know what the fuck you're doing. Number two, if you do that, you could be burning up your body into the ground and actually end up looking worse, which I did multiple times. I end up like, too flat or whatever on stage and or too stringy. I lost too much weight. So um, learning to not put so much pressure on myself mentally and learning to know when to rest so that your body can actually stay fresh and you can keep the muscle you have and not be burning through it and make yourself look worse. Now, after 33, when I met up with John Meadows, one of the things that he taught me was to relax. And he taught me to take my foot off the gas pedal a little bit. And that's why my body got better when I worked with John, even into my, you know, later years, like I was 34, 35, and I started all of a sudden excelling. But that's because my body had never been with a coach who was like, hey, train less, do less cardio, do less sets. Like, let's not do high volume every day. Let's not do max weight every day. Let's have some periodization where we go up and down with your training. Let's take some days off of cardio and some days on cardio. Some days are an hour. Some days are half an hour. And this is what a good coach will do for you is they will, and, and you have to be receptive to it. In my earlier years, I wasn't really receptive to it. When I met John, I was at my wits end and I was receptive to whatever changes he wanted to put me through. So those things are something are not usually something people talk about. Uh, the pressure, mental pressure of putting too much strain on yourself, it will affect your prep. It will affect your look on stage. And the overexertion of thinking you're doing something good by doing more is not always true. Um. Will you be bringing back any of the RBP style podcast with the one-on-ones? Yes, I will. Have you tried the Ninja Creamy thing? No, I haven't, but I want to. Are there any acne meds that bodybuilders regularly use? I notice most pros have clear skin. Uh, I think some people use Accutane. I'm not recommending it. I know it's like kind of hard on the body. I've never used anything like that. I think everybody is predisposed to different side effects. Mine were always a gyno and I lost my hair early, but most of my family lost their hair and they weren't on steroids. So I don't know if that's really it, but, um, gyno was the main one for me, but I had gyno surgery and had it removed. Uh, I never had to deal with acne. Uh, I did have a friend who dealt with acne pretty badly, but he took Accutane and it kind of cleared it up. But I will say that if you're going to take Accutane, check with your doctor because it can be very harsh on the body. Matt Gerard says, you left summer after a year of dating. What was the thing that brought you guys back together? Um, I had to grow up a little bit, if you want the truth. So I kind of was playing the field a little bit. And then I met Summer and I knew she was good for me and I settled down with her. But I don't know if I was fully ready to settle down. So, you know, we had a few fights and things happened and we broke up and then I kind of got out and started kind of dating again, but I wasn't happy. And I knew she was the one that I really belonged with. I just had to grow the fuck up. So I went back and asked her if she would take me back <laughs> pretty much. And uh, luckily enough for me, she was, uh, she was there for me and we got back together and we've been together ever since and everything's been great. It really just took me realizing what I had with her 
and growing up and getting out of the dating scene and all of that, that kind of shit. Uh, Sam Goth Elf says, will Hostile have their own booth at the Arnold this year? Also, do you have know of any cool gyms around that area? Uh, well, everybody goes to the powerhouse there. I think it's called the Pros Gym now. Sorry. It's called the Pros Gym, I believe. It's in the area where the expo is. And uh, we will have a booth. We're at booth 545. And it's going to be a massive booth. And all the guys are going to be there. Samson will probably be there sparingly, obviously, because he's competing. Um, I hope to be able to get him there for like an hour on Friday, maybe a couple hours on Saturday. Or sorry, not Saturday, but on Sunday. And uh, that's it. But he, it's really up to him on Friday and Saturday because I told him, like, if you're if your prep is going the way it's going and you feel good, the other the problem with bringing Samson in at the expo on Friday and Saturday is he will get mobbed coming into into the show. And the last thing on earth is I want a I I don't want a guy who's dehydrated and depleted trying to shake hands with a thousand people on the way to the booth. So if we can get security to kind of grab him and bring him into the booth for an hour, then maybe we'll do that. If not, probably have to wait till Sunday to see him. Um, but Sam will be there. I'll be there. Ben will be there. Nick Justice will be there. Uh, Ashley Lakamowski and Jacob Robichaud, who is our newest pro. He's a classic pro. Uh, and he's only 23 years old or 24 years old. I have really high hopes for him. I think he's got a great physique. So he'll be there as well to be introduced to the team and introduced to all of our uh, loyal supporters. Um, are you looking to take on any more hostile athletes? I think I may know someone. <laughs> um, look, we're always, my eyes are always open, but we're not always looking. I don't know if that makes sense. Like the, the Jacob Robichaud signing um, kind of, just happened by chance. I came across his profile. It was really impressive. And I had a conversation with him. He seemed very respectful and very like excited about the brand. He said he really liked what we were doing and he'd been following us for a while. And I'd spoken to him previously about his, just his prep in general. So it kind of fit the right way. Um, but we're not actually specifically looking. We do have a hardcore unit. That's kind of like our ambassador program, but Again, it's not something we kind of take people on. We kind of find people in the, the diamonds in the rough. And we like to bring those people on uh, when they fit the brand the way we would like. Uh, what are some of your favorite memories from the podcast? That's a good one. Um, my time with Luke is time I cherish. Uh, some of the one-on-ones, some of the conversations I've had in my one-on-ones with Dorian Yates, uh, with Jay Cutler. Like some of my, some of my like, younger bodybuilding self's idols like Jay and Dorian and, uh, you know, getting some of the coaches on obviously my time with John Meadows on the podcast and outside the podcast, but, um, you know, having people on, I respect like Evan and, you know, and then the years with Nick and guy, uh, were great. We had a fucking ton of laughs. Those guys are a lot of fun. And now, you know, I'm making great memories with, Ian and Mike and Paul, you know, right now I really cherish the fact that I have my best friend. You know, Paul is on the podcast with me. He's got more fans than I do. People love Paul. They see what I see. And um, that makes me really happy. But overall, I can't pick out specific mem memories other than uh, Luke, Luke trying to speak Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, honest to God, man, he was the, the wittiest, smartest fucking guy. 
I've ever had on this podcast. And uh, I miss, I miss the banter with him because we just, I don't know, it felt really good. Um, but yeah, the podcast is a lot of fun. I I do wish I could do more one-on-ones that kind of go a different route, maybe with some other topics. But overall, I've, I'm really happy with the way things have, have gone. Uh, why does it take so long for Spotify to get episodes? I apologize. That's my fault. I have no excuse. I'm just really busy at work and I get them up on YouTube. I do everything myself. So I get them up on YouTube. Sometimes I forget to put them on Spotify. I will try and do a better job moving forward. Best lesson you learned in 2023. Fuck, 2023 was a rough year for me. Um, Best lesson I learned. I'll tell you this. This is the best fucking lesson. There's always a very bright light at the end of every tunnel. So there are a lot of ups and downs in 23. And the downs seemed very down. But somehow things always came through. It didn't matter what was happening. The people in your life that care about you and love you and the people that you love are always there for you. They're always there for you no matter what. And the stuff you're working on, like the company, for example, as long as you're putting your heart and soul into what you're working on, nothing can really stop you. It may dip. It may not. But at the end of the day, if you keep working at it, it just, everything keeps climbing. Um, so on a personal side or business side, 23 taught me that you just have to keep working. Like rough times are going to happen. Um, whether they're personal, whether they're social, whether they're financial, rough times are going to happen, but it's the same thing as in my bodybuilding career. When you have an injury, you work around it, you get it treated, you work through it. And then you get back on stage and this is the exact same fucking thing. And 23 has just reinforced that same thinking for me, which is like, nothing can stop you if you really don't want to stop. And that's all there is to that. Like you can't, if you have a burning desire to do something and you have the talent and the work ethic and dedication to do it, nothing can fucking stop you. Um, people may try, but it doesn't matter. It, it it's not possible as long as you have the talent, the work ethic, and the discipline. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Don't listen to the shit, bro. You are doing great things for Sam. I don't listen to it. <laughs> All right. I got caught off guard by uh, Greg Valentino. Uh, but no, most of the time, I don't listen to that shit. Listen, I'll tell you guys this. For all of the shit you see online, what you don't see is that every single metric of my life is better. So this is what I mean. Like people think these social media things matter. They don't matter. It's like whether the metric is financial, whether the metric is social, whether the metric is personal, on all fronts, life is better. So I already know I'm doing great things for Sam. I already know Sam is doing great things for us. Uh, we speak on a personal level and I really like Sam. And you know what? <clears throat> whether Sam starts his own company one day or whether he stays with us for the next 10 years, none of that matters to me. I'm really proud of Sam. He's 21 years old. He's doing his own thing. He's a very stoic person. And 
you know, the thing I hate the most is it's kind of like the trend twins. I don't know the trend twins. I don't, they're not signed to my brand. I don't know anything about them. I've never even talked to them, but I think they're fucking awesome. They're kind of loud and crazy for sure, but they're fucking awesome. They're bodybuilders and they're fucking doing their thing and they love training and they remind me of myself. Sam is the same way. And if I never signed Sam and he wasn't with Hostile, I would still feel that way. And this is the sad thing is I've seen so many people just abuse his name. Oh, he's taking this much gear and he's going to die. And he's, he's given bad advice and eats horrible food. And he's like, these people are just fucking assholes. It's like, they are literally just using the kid's name to get views. And you'd say, well, you're doing the same thing. You're right. But I have a partnership with him and I pay him for that. These people don't pay him shit. And I'm also presenting him in a positive light. I'm not tearing him down. Uh, these people don't care whether they present him in a positive light or a negative light. They just want to put anything they can to put his name in a title. And that will get them clicks. And that's all they care about. And I feel bad for Sam for that reason. Cause I'm like, he's a good fucking kid. Who's just doing the things he loves. And I think that's why Lee Priest is always defending him because Lee can see himself in that kid. He's just doing what he loves and he's showing the world what he loves. So anyway, I don't want to get into all that again. I've said it a bunch on the podcast, but it just is very bothersome to me that people take shots just for their own aim. It's not even really like they believe the shit they're saying. They just have to say something to get clicks. Um... Would Hostile ever consider making a meal replacement shake with protein, carbs, and fats? Yes. So I've considered doing a meal replacement, but I want it to be like a whole food uh, meal replacement. Uh, I don't want to do anything crappy like a maltodextrin kind of like um, just a weight gainer. I want to do like a real whole food, like maybe use some, uh, I don't know, like some egg protein and some sweet potato powder, like stuff that really like, real whole food nutrients that we can put into it to make a, a meal replacement shake. Um, that would be definitely something beneficial. I know a lot of our guys want that. So it's something I'm looking into. Uh, a lot of hostile apparel is not available or sold out. I will tell you guys this. Hostile kind of went like this in the last like four or five months. And we weren't ready for it. It just, we started coming out with new drops and new products and you guys loved everything we were doing and everything just kind of kept going out the door and I wasn't prepared for it. And uh, I've been working with the team pretty steadily now uh, daily to get things on track and uh, me and Summer are in the office every day, really pushing the team and pushing our suppliers to really get things back on track. So there are always going to be things that are out of stock because we we do a lot of limited drops now. So things come in, things go out. They don't always, we, we have some staples, but a lot of things come in and out. So there are, there is always going to be some clothing that's out of stock because it's not all supposed to be an ongoing staple. A lot of it is limited drop only. Um, but as far as some of the supplements that have been out of stock, like our bloodshot's been out of stock for like a month or so. All of this stuff will be rectified in the next month, next two to four weeks, and everything will be loaded back in stock. I sincerely apologize to you guys. The company is just growing too fast. Knock on wood. Um, it's a good problem to have, but also a problem nonetheless. So we're going to work on fixing it. 
what era of bodybuilding would you have been most successful in? I would have been, I would have liked to be in this, this era. Uh, not because I think I would have like been Mr. Olympia or anything, but I don't think my physique was meant for the mass mo mass monster age, which was the age I competed in. Um, as soon as my stomach got too wide, it kind of threw off all my lines. And I feel like I really looked better at a lighter weight. So I feel like I would have done better in today's era because today's era is more about, it's still about mass, but it's more about structure as well. So I think I would have done well that way. Uh, did you ever try and use synthol? Is there a PD you regret trying or not, or one you wish you had? No and no. I don't regret doing anything. Everything is done for a reason and you are who you are because of what you've done in your past. So I don't regret anything I've done. Um, everything was a learning lesson. As long as you learn from it, I don't think it's bad. Uh, Sam Feeney says, reckon you could do something on kidney health. What have, what have you learned from the effects that affects them? Can you help prevent further damage? Another update from stem cells. Appreciate you, man. So my kidney health has gotten better since the last run of stem cells. I've done two runs of stem cells now. So the second run, I haven't done blood work since, but I'm due for blood work like in the following weeks. So I'll be able to tell. Now, the reason I, I'm waiting on the second blood work is because I also started this keto carnivore type diet. Excuse me. I also started this keto carnivore type diet about uh, three and a half weeks ago now. I'm down 20 pounds. I feel incredible. And I want to give it a little bit longer to see how it affects my blood work overall. I should have done blood work when I started the diet, but it's okay. I kind of, I know what my last numbers were. So I want to see where my numbers are after uh, losing the weight and doing this diet. But we are doing a, look, I've been saying this for a couple of years and there are a lot of things getting in the way. So we are doing a health line. I don't want to give a timeline because things keep getting in the way. But I'm hoping by the end of the year, we should have some of it launched at least. And a kidney product will be in the works. Uh, I have learned quite a bit about some ingredients that can help with kidney health. Uh, and they will be included for sure. Uh, when you first started your business, did you just wing it or have someone mentor you? No, uh, luckily, um, I am partnered with my wife and my brother. Now, my brother uh, has owns four or five other businesses. So he has been a major help for me on the number side of things and learning about the numbers of a business and how that works and, and to keep profitable. Uh, my wife has worked in the back end of multiple very large supplement companies. So she is fully aware of compliance and all of those type of things. So I am lucky to have two very good partners. And I actually think that it's because of them that the company is growing at the rate it's growing. Um, a lot of people think it's just a popularity contest and that's what makes it work. And it's not, uh, there have been many bodybuilders that have come in the past that are far more popular than I am that had supplement companies and then dissolved them. Now, whether they dissolved them because they wanted to or because they failed, I don't know, but I don't think the supplement industry is a popularity contest. You have to have the right backend formula for the front end to work well. So I am lucky in that I have my wife and I have uh, my brother as my two partners. 
Uh, let's see. What's the dream goal you and Summer have as far as traveling? I don't think we, I mean, we're going to Italy this year. That's our summer. Summer's wanted to go to Italy for like forever since I fucking met her. So finally I bought us, uh, tickets to go to Italy in May. Um, but other than that, I think ultimately, I think we both want to be able to be financially free. I don't care if I'm like, I don't think we care if we're rich or whatever the fuck that is, whatever that means. I think everybody kind of searches for financial freedom. And I think that's ultimately what we want because then you can go wherever you want, whether it be Montana, whether it be like Fiji, whether or the fuck it might be. If you say you want to go somewhere, you can just go and you don't, you don't have any limitations. So I don't know about summer. I don't want to speak for her, but for me, it's just about having limitations. I don't want to have limitations. If I want to go somewhere, I would like to be successful enough that I can just buy tickets and go where I want to go. And that's kind of like the ultimate goal is financial freedom. I think that's everybody's kind of goal, isn't it? I don't know. Doesn't everybody kind of want financial freedom where you can just kind of like live your life the way you want to maybe comment below. Let me know what you think. <laughs> what the fuck is this question? Favorite race or ethnicity from favorite to least favorite. This is going to get me in shit. I can't answer this. I'm going to fucking answer this. Let's see in my, in my history. What can I think? Well, Paul's my best friend. He's Italian. <clears throat> Ian's one of my best friends. So is Ben. They're white. So maybe we'll go Italian and then what? Mike's white. So he's, that's okay. So Italian and white. Uh, I have some close uh, black friends. So I would say <laughs> Italian, white, black. And then I have some Filipino friends. So Asian. I have some Indian friends. Yeah, you know what? That's the that's the Italian. I'm going to say Italian, white, black, Asian. I don't think I have... Do I have any... Oh, I have a really good Latino friend too. Fuck, that's tricky. I don't know. I can't put them in order. <laughs> don't get me in shit. Um, let's see. Will there be another signature product for Sam Sulek? And, and will there soon be a whole series of products for him? Uh, I don't know about a whole series. We'll see about that. But I, I definitely think we're going to be doing more uh, flavors for him, uh, signature flavors for him and other products. Maybe the Amped. I know he likes the Amped, the Hostility Amped a lot. So maybe we'll do a flavor for the Hostility Amped uh, coming soon. Uh, what else do we got here? How long after you turned pro did you start bodybuilding full-time? Right away. Back in the day, because there was so few pros uh, that turn pro every year, if you did turn pro and you had potential, you get a decent contract right out the gate. So like, it doesn't sound like a lot now. It would, I mean, $2,000 a month went a lot further back then. It sounds so fucking old, but it did. $2,000 a month went a lot further uh, in 2006 because you could rent an, a one bedroom apartment for five or 600 bucks a month. So um, I had a contract immediately with Muscle Tech uh, right when I turned pro for two grand a month. And that was it. I was like, this is my fucking job. I'm not doing anything else. I'm out. Now, mind you, I wasn't really doing anything else anyway, because before that I was managing a strip club. So it's not like a real job anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I, once I got that contract, I was like, okay, this is it. I want to do this full time. Um, 
genuinely curious how to perfect the stage lighting at the Detroit Pro. So many have failed before. Do you have a stage, then camera, video crews test it? How does the show lighting work and why have so many failed? Um, my opinion on the lighting is a lot to do with the venue. So when you have, when you rent a hall, like a lot of, a lot of shows now are in halls or ballrooms at hotels, things like that. You have to put up your own lighting. You have to put up light, lighting trusses and the whole bit, and they have to be set up properly. Um, if you have a show in a theater, it's much easier. Now it costs more money, but the lighting is set up in such a way that the entire stage is lit properly. Now, I don't think I'm not a lighting technician, so I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the extent of it. I just think, uh, in my experience running shows, cause we've done halls and we've done theaters and the theaters with very little, uh, technical advice on my side or, or asking for what I want, the technical directors from the theater just kind of know, They're like, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And I'll show them a picture. I'll be like, this is the state. This is what I want the stage to look like. Can you make it happen? And they'll be like, yeah, no problem. And with a the theater, it seems like it's no problem with a hall. Like, well, we got to rent this trust and that trust. So we got to bring this lighting and that lighting. And I think if you don't have your own tech to, to put it up properly, you're kind of left to the devices of the people bringing in the trusses. So I don't know if that's the answer. That's just my assumption from my own perspective on having shows for over a decade. Theaters always are going to have better lighting, in my opinion. Um, let's see. Where do you place yourself in this year's Arnold line, lineup? I don't. I don't. You know what? These guys are fucking amazing. I support present-day bodybuilding more than anything, and uh, I, I don't want to put myself in the mix. That's for other people to do. What exercise added the most hang to your hamstrings in your side shot? Curls or deadlifts? Definitely deadlifts, but they have to be done right. If you don't do them right, you're just going to get a huge ass. But I think when you can, and this goes against some people's uh, theology, or theology, some goes against some people's thinking, I feel like when you can load the muscle under a stretch, uh, you're going to get the most growth out of it. So I think, you know, loading the muscle with three or four plates on a stiff leg deadlift, when you're warm, because it can be dangerous, because I've torn a hamstring doing that, um, I think that's the way to get the most growth out of your hamstrings. I think leg curls are great. I think seated leg curls are great. I think single leg curls are great. But I think if you're talking about a real mass builder, I'm going to say a compound movement um, like a stiff leg deadlift is probably going to be best for growth. Uh, merch at the hostile Arnold booth. Yes, we have a collector's box. I can't tell you what's in the box. We're going to have some contests coming up on the hostile page for you guys to guess what's in my box. No fucking, no jokes. Um, but yeah, we have a hostile collector's box coming. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're dropping a new uh, weightlifting belt and we're dropping a new gym bag all at the fucking Arnold's. You can buy all three at a discounted rate if you buy all three together. And um, I'm really excited about it, man. It's gonna, It's some really cool shit and it's all collector shit. Um, the box and what's in the box, you can only get at the Arnold's. Um, can you talk about anxiety? I've seen your past videos discussing the topic, but I would love an updated discussion on how you've improved and managed different situations. Uh, I will tell you guys this. Hmm. Being off of steroids has 
definitely improved my anxiety. Being older has also definitely improved my anxiety because the more introspective you can be, the more you can figure out why you're feeling a certain way. And I think that some of that comes with age. I think being off steroids is a really big one because as most of you know, if you haven't heard this already, when you're taking steroids, whatever your personality is, there's no such, there's, I don't believe there's such a thing as roid rage. I mean, there is, but it's like whatever your personality is, if you're an aggressive person, if you're a, a, a sad person, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, whatever you are when you take steroids, it's just going to amplify that. So me being an anxious person on steroids is far worse than being off steroids. And I think since being retired, it's not really something I've had to deal with. It's It's been pretty good. Life's been pretty good. And uh, I haven't really had to deal with any anxiety issues after coming off steroids. And I also think being 40 years old, up to 45 year old, years old now, I've learned to process things a lot better to be able to understand how I'm feeling. Uh, okay, I'm going to do a couple more, then we'll go. How has hostile as a brand and business changed your life? Does the positive outweigh the negatives? There is no negatives. Um, listen, having hostile is an absolute fucking blessing in my life. Um, when I retired from bodybuilding, I had to, had a conversation with my brother and my family and I was like, you know, I'm retiring and I don't think I want to be part of bodybuilding anymore because I don't want to be one of these guys who's kind of just hanging around. Uh, so I think I'm going to go do something else. And I thought, you know what, I'll go do real estate or something like that. And I'm just going to disappear from bodybuilding. And my brother pulled me aside, actually the one I'm partnered with now. And it's kind of crazy because when I started bodybuilding, he said to me, you shouldn't do this. And now we're partners, but he pulled me aside. He said, look, it would be a real waste for you to not do something with bodybuilding after putting 20 years of your life into this thing. So we start talking and more talking and more talking. And then we decided to start hostile. Well, me and Summer decided to start hostile first. And then we discussed it with him and he came in and it's been nothing but awesome. It's been, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's an easy thing. Like, you know, there's, you know, financial issues, there's production issues. As you guys can see, we're sold out of some stuff. So that like, they lose sleep at night for, because of that. Uh, there's athlete issues. You know, the, you guys know the shit I went through last year with athletes. Um, but overall, like if I had to look at a macro view of what this thing is, it's nothing but a blessing. There are no negatives. And I'm 100% fortunate that we've been able to create something that people love. And it, it makes me motivated to get up every day and make it even bigger and better. Because when you're doing something and people enjoy it, it makes you want it's almost the same thing as bodybuilding. You know, when you bodybuild and you go in and you bench 225 for the first time, you're like, holy fuck, I'm getting stronger. And then you bench two and a quarter. You're like, oh, fuck, this is, you know, and then you bench three plates and you're like, and it keeps you coming back for more. And I found that business is the same thing. You get out of business exactly what you put in. And it's just like bodybuilding in that regard. So I found a lot of solace in that and I'm really, really enjoying it. So there is no negatives. It's all positive and I'm ecstatic every day to go to work. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that way. Uh, okay, we'll do one more. 
Let's see, what do we got here? Oh, this thing's on repeat again. I got just seeing the same questions over and over again. Uh, let's see, do I got a new question here? I know there should be. I don't know why it does this sometimes. It just goes back to the... Okay, this is the last one. I'll annoy you guys with this one. How is the carnivore going? I got to tell you guys. Okay, first I'll preface it with this. If you are trying to build muscle, this is probably the wrong diet. And if you're a carnivore person, you're offended by that. I'm sorry. But I'm talking about like building optimal amounts of muscle. I'm not talking about like, oh, I put a quarter inch on my arms in six months. I'm talking about like, if you want to be a pro bodybuilder and you're currently an amateur, this is probably not the diet you should be doing. But if you want to be healthy, um, aside from my runny nose, if you want to be healthy, and I won't, I will also preface this with, I'm going to hold off on saying it's 100% healthy until I get my blood work. But I will say as far as the way I feel, I feel incredible. I have never, ever felt this productive. I've never, I don't remember the last time I slept this well. Um, my blood sugar levels are stable. My... I bet you when I get my blood work, my A1C, which is like your long-term blood sugar number, is going to be much lower. Uh, everything everything just feels better. And to be honest with you, eating this amount of fat, I'm not hungry and I'm not craving anything. I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of beef and I eat a lot of eggs. And I have a little bit of cheese with my eggs sometimes. I eat three meals a day, sometimes two. And I've dropped 20 pounds in about three, four weeks. And uh, I'm not even doing that much cardio. I'm just not really eating a lot. I'm eating, and I'm not, and for those people who are like, oh, you have kidney issues, you shouldn't be eating so much protein. First of all, that's, there's not really a ton of studies to prove that. More of them are pointing towards carbs and sugar, to be honest with you. But secondly, it's not that much protein because you're eating so much fat. Like let's, I'll give you an example. If I have two meals a day, which, that's been happening quite regularly. One of them is like 10 ounces of steak, probably two ounces of it's fat. So eight ounces of, of meat. That's probably like 60 to 80 grams of protein. And then I have four eggs at night with two pieces of cheese. So four eggs times six grams of protein is 24 grams of protein plus two pieces of cheese and another 10 grams of protein is 34 grams of protein. 34 grams of protein, and let's take the high side on the steak and say 80. That's only 115 whatever grams of protein. I weigh 250 pounds. So I'm actually eating less protein on this diet than I was when I was eating three or four clean meals. So look, for anybody out there who's having, this is all I'll say for sure, because I don't know how it's going to affect everything else until I get my blood work done. For anybody out there that's having blood sugar issues or insulin resistance or anything like that, this, this is the way to go because it'll definitely reset your insulin resistance, uh, or your, sorry, your insulin sensitivity and get you back on a normal track. And then you can start reintroducing some carbs if you really want to. But again, I say all of that by saying this is not a muscle building diet in any way, shape or form. When I like in our sport, like as far as talking about being a mass monster, this is not, not the way to go. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed the uh, time, the one-on-one -on -one with me and answering some questions. And uh, we will see you guys next week, hopefully with the regular crew and have some laughs. 
And then we got the Arnold Classic coming up. Listen, I hope to see you guys all at the Arnold Classic. We got a big booth. We're going to have a lot of fun. We had a lot of stuff to, that we're dropping that day. Clothing, box, belts, bags, the whole bit. And if you haven't checked out the new thermals uh, with just a little bit of a hostile logo on the side here, these are awesome lightweight hoodies. Go to hostile.com. Check it all out. We got new stuff dropping all the time. I love you guys. Thanks for watching.